You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, April 11th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, guys, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. And of course, check me out on the YouTube if you want to see what I'm wearing, if you want to see the cool library behind me. Go for it. That's, that's totally cool. I want to reach 300 subs. We're at like 293 right now. We're so close. And leave your comments on YouTube too, by the way. Please. Love hearing from you guys. And of course, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And guys, today is a, a, a fun little episode. Let me tell you. You know why it's a fun episode? Because we're recapping the first series of the San Diego Padres 2022 season. They're 3-1. Series win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. We're going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about C.J. Abrams, the pitching performances. And we're also, a sobering thing is we're going to be talking about Blake Snell a little bit, who suffered an injury. So we're going to be talking about that for sure, giving my thoughts on all of that stuff, guys. Looking ahead to San Francisco and whatnot. It's going to be a good podcast. So let's get into it. Let's start with the first game that happened, which was Friday's game. Obviously, we all know what happened on Thursday. I became the Joker just for half a second because I genuinely did think that it was funny seeing the Padres blow up in that fashion because it's game one. You know what I mean? You could take these things in stride. And I actually genuinely thought that it was pretty, pretty damn funny. Uh, I, I really genuinely did. Um, and that's what happened. Obviously, Robert Suarez blowing that game. You guys can go check out my episode on that. Um, then Friday came. And Friday was a whole lot better, even if it wasn't a whole uh, exciting game. It was exciting for parts because Shamanai, newly acquired Padre from the Oakland A's, Bob Melvin was a manager for him. He coached him and all that stuff. You know what I mean? He was part of him. And in his Padres debut, seven innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, seven strikeouts over 88 pitches. It was two days in a row that the Padres had their starting pitchers not give up any hits, which is impressive. Even if it's against the lowly Arizona Dimebacks, it's still a nice start, and you love to see it because the Padres starting pitching is one of the things that is widely believed, myself included, to be the thing that will lead to them winning a whole lot of games this year. They're going to be a, a hopefully a, a pitching-oriented team that can succeed in that area with a bunch of guys hopefully bouncing back as well as the new acquisition of Manaya. And I thought he looked good. Uh, I don't think that he was super dominant in a lot of areas. Again, this is the Arizona Diamondbacks, but he looked great. And I love the hair. Uh, I think having a wild hair kind of on this team is great. Maybe I'm super in love with the hair because as someone who grew up a Yankees fan, I'm so used to that culture being like, we don't like anyone being different. Shave your head. So anytime I see anything different, Maybe even hair excluded, too, by the way. Uh, I'm just always in on it. So I loved him, and I, I thought he looked great. Um, he's a guy who's had dominant performances before. He's a big-game guy. He will go out there, and he'll throw a semi-no-hitter in this case. And he's done it before. And he's done it before is a good point to bring up because he was taken from the game, obviously, like I said. 88 pitches, um, 7 innings. Here's the thing. Shamanai has done it before. Uh, so I did not mind Bob Melvin taking him out of the game. It's only game two of the season. And to be quite honest with you, I feel like the no-hitter 
uh, obsession. I feel like the no-hitter, there's two things with the no-hitter. And that's that these days I wonder if guys view it as you know strongly as they used to it's it feels like it's a little slightly more common than maybe back in the day when guys were just slapping the ball for singles nowadays i think it's all about the perfect game because even today's game yeah people strike out a lot but they like to walk a lot too so with getting that is even more impressive and number two is the padres got their first hitter in franchise history last year so i actually wonder if that had it happened last year, whether or not they would have kept Shamanai in the game, just because of the fact that there's never been a Padres guy to do it. It's possible. It's certainly possible, and I think uh, uh, pretty likely, because he would be hearing it, Bob Belvin, if the Padres have never had a no-hitter before and you took out the guy. So it's all good. We experienced it with Musgrove. Second game of the season. I liked what Romanai's head, head was at. Didn't walk a lot of batters, which was nice, unlike Darvish. Just looked in control the whole game. I know that this is kind of standard, almost cliche speak, but... Decent amount of whiffs, didn't give up too much hard contact, and is a good example, by the way. A lot of people like bringing up the Savant page, and they bring up that max exit velocity and hard contact and all that stuff, and, you know, Mania's in a lot of blue. But hard contact isn't always the be-all and end-all of statistics. You know what I mean? There's plenty of guys that give up hard contact, Joe Musgrove included, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, that are still great pitchers. You know, oftentimes when you're throwing tricky stuff, you're throwing off-speed stuff, breaking stuff, sliders, and all that stuff... You know, if people manage to make contact, it's going to go pretty far, most likely. That's just kind of what can happen, at least a lot of times with certain pitchers. Um, and in the game, uh, it is it has to. I have to talk about it. I have to. Uh, people were tweeting at me all night. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Keep your tweets coming. Three for four game for the first baseman, who will still not be named, uh, with an RBI double as well. Uh, scoring two runs. Very, very cool. Or did he have an RBI? No, I'm sorry. My apologies. The one with the RBI was Jerkson Profar, who hit a solo shot. The first home run by a Padre this season. He going uh, two for three in the game. Profar off to a very electric, fun start of the season. But that was Friday's game. Not much else to report there. Love seeing it. Taylor Rogers gets his first save as a Padre with one strikeout. Cool stuff. Then you move on to Saturday's game. And Saturday's game, I'm going to do a little controversial. I actually think Joe Musgrove had the best performance of the weekend. I know he gave up runs, but I just wanted to see him look the same. I wanted to because, you know, off-speed stuff. And the way Musgrove kind of burst onto the seam last year, maybe some people thought, can he really replicate that? And I thought he looked electric. Of course, in Saturday's game, he did end up giving up two runs on five hits, but no walks, never really fell behind in counts all that often. Eight strikeouts. I thought he was electric, and the only through 74 pitches, they took him out relatively early because, again, long season, and the breaking stuff was fooling people, aside from the first inning, when it was getting a little bit scary to give up the home run because uh, David Peralta apparently is the bane of Padres fans' existence. I don't know why this is the case, but he is a Padres killer. Uh, I just thought all the breaking stuff, the whiffs, the velocity on it, he looked and pitched the same. And I love it. I know he gave up the runs, but that's what happens with Musgrove sometimes. He will give up breaking pitches. Maybe they hang up a little bit too much in the zone, and guys can take them things all the way to Jupiter. It happens. But he did not really, for the most part. He was just fooling people. I loved it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And actually, in the middle of recording this, I'm actually getting a, a mailbag question, which is very interesting, from friend of the show. Anthony Burris, and I'm going to read it right now. I don't know what he said. Mailbag question for tomorrow's pod. What are your takeaways from our amazing opening weekend series against the D-backs? And is one of these takeaways is how awesome Eric... Ooh, oh, can I say the first name? I almost I almost slipped up there. 
there. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Eric, the first baseman. Uh, I almost did. The full name. It doesn't count. Nobody kill me in the comments. All right? I didn't say the full thing. Um, how awesome he was. And also, he says the pitching was superb and has got me so excited. Agreed, Anthony. Uh, agreed 100%. That's basically my thing. Uh, 100% right now with the team is that I thought that the pitching looked excellent, especially from Musgrove and Sean Manaya. And M- Manaya was was good. It's possible he's going to have those games where he gets beat up a little bit, especially against better teams. But Musgrove, I think he could pitch against anybody. I know he gave up the runs, but man, it just looked exactly like last year. Exactly. He's just ugh, so nasty. So nasty. But we're going to also talk about Sunday's game, guys. And before we get into Sunday's game, let me talk to you about, you know, I'm betting on Joe Musgrove having a bounce back, but maybe you aren't. And maybe there's other pitches that you're betting to do better well betonline.net they have you covered for all that sort of stuff guys all of your betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more that's right they even got esports how about that, guys? Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. And of course, guys, thank you for making Locked on Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it going. So I'll okay, about Sunday's game real quick because I want to answer this, the uh, part of Anthony's question here. Anthony, I hope you're listening and enjoying this. I really am in the middle of recording is what I got this DM from him. Big, big uh, friend of the show. Sunday's game. Uh... A bit of a snooze fest in the sense of if you were a D-backs fan. Uh, the Padres absolutely lit it up. 10-5 to final score. Everybody chipping in with the exception of Trent Grisham. 1-5 for five for him. Kind of a slow start for Mr. Trent Grisham uh, in the first series of the year. But it's okay. I'm still hopeful for him. Austin Nola going 2-4. for four. May Machado going 1-4 for four with an RBI, which is nice to see an RBI double, actually. That happens very early on. Jake Cronenworth, two runs for him. But the biggest uh, damage actually doesn't come from uh, the guys that you're used to. It actually comes from uh, Mr. Jerkson Profar. Again, a grand slam in this game for Jerkson Profar. Two home runs. He currently leads the Padres at home runs right now. Uh, that was awesome. Now, maybe people are wondering, uh, you know, is he going to be a successful player this year? I don't know. I mean, Jerkson Profar, it wouldn't shock me if he can give you Josh Harrison level value who is a guy that I think that the Padres would probably do a little bit better with just because of the contract, take that into account uh, and whatnot with more years than just this one. But Jerkson Profar wouldn't shock me if he has a decent year, but let's not get too excited. It was very fun though, because I love Profar. I have said this, even when he's not, you know, performing all that great, just a fun personality to have around a great smile. It just looks so lively in the clubhouse. I, I mean, he really does. And I just love seeing him around and somewhat interesting given a bench player. So that was really great to see from him. And Jorge Alfaro hits his first home run of the season for the Padres, a solo shot. He also struck out two times, but it's all good. Uh, That was really fun to see because Jorge Alfaro is a guy that friend of mine, Aram Layton, who used to host the Locked On Marlins uh, podcast, always talking to me. He's just a total bust in all these things. And he still probably should be perceived that way. Make no mistake, guys. Highest swinging strike percentage in Major League history, Jorge Alfaro. So if he turns into anything decent, that would be pretty surprising. But granted, over in the Marlins, I mean, maybe a backup role is actually what his destiny is. A backup catcher who can just hit for a decent amount of power. Worst things to have if you're the Padres. And assuming that Austin Nola stays healthy, 
If he doesn't, then you have KP's eye on the minors. I'm not worried about the catchers, um, the Padres catcher position. If it was Alfaro only, eh, maybe that I would be because he's not the best defender either. But anyway, nice to see that from him. And I love his, you know, crazy hair and whatnot too. Love the crazy hair. Uh, Hassan Kim in this game. Also, two for two. I loved that. Or one for two, I'm sorry. With two runs. It's hard to read from the app sometimes. I get a little bit confused. Uh, with a walk and he also managed to hit a triple in this game. Hassan Kim, I'm actually going to be writing about for Just Baseball. Uh, my take on whether or not he could be a true X-Factor for the Padres this year. So, going to be doing that and then talking about it on future episodes. But that was basically the giant gist of the game. And then Luke Voigt, who I am adoring so far. Yes, 125. I think he's batting 200 now, uh, uh, updated by the third game. But his on-base percentage is over 400. Taking a lot of walks. And that shouldn't surprise people. Luke Voigt... Definitely not a guy who's been, you know, he's a strikeout guy, but he's had good on-base percentage uh, numbers before. Just to recap, back in 2021, 328, which wasn't great, but he didn't all play all that much, 68 games. And then in 2020, 338, just too terrible. And then years before that, he had a 378 in 180 games, and then 39 games in 2018, 405. So he has the ability to walk, for sure. This isn't going to be a guy that only strikes out all the time, although he will strike out a lot, but... Just to keep in mind, this isn't new, but it's nice to see, and I hope he has a decent eye at the plate. The power will come, but I'm totally cool with taking walks, guys. Totally cool with that, uh, especially in the early going of the season. And that's basically the highlight uh, of the game for the most part. The big thing that needs to be discussed is that, oh, man, oh, man, man, oh, man. It, it, it must be discussed, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I don't like to talk about it. We're going to talk about some good news in a little bit, but Blake Snell. Uh, left the game early with an injury, unfortunately. It was very, very tragic and very sad. And or didn't even leave. He got scratched from his start, I should say, actually. My apologies. He got scratched from his start with, let me make sure I get this correct, a left adductor uh, tightness, as I believe what Dennis Lynn uh, actually tweeted. Let me just pull that up really quickly. Um, and I was actually, it's funny because I was actually starting a movie, uh, or I was finishing up a movie, and then I kind of missed that they pulled him, so we're like in that first half of that inning, and I'm like, wait a minute, why is Nabil Krizbat in? Uh, Dennis Lynn tweeting, the Padres say Blake Snell has left abductor tightness. He left his final start last season with the same kind of injury. That is the scary thing. No update that I see as of right now on such injury. Hopefully, he bounces back, but like they said, the fact that that was the same injury he had last year, Padres fans are freaking out, and believe it or not, I get it. Like this, I, this is not a thing. Unlike first game, I mean, it was for the bit guys, me freaking out and becoming the Joker uh, after the first game loss. But for Blake Snell, who has the same injury apparently, which is so weird. And by the way, happened right before the game. What happened? You know, he's posting on Instagram, bump day and all that stuff. And all of a sudden he's getting taken out. So that was very odd. Hopefully it's nothing crazy. But with Clevenger already on the shelf, you already, you know, Adrian Mortajones still hurt. He's hopefully coming back towards the end of the season, or at least the second half of the season, I should say. Uh, this isn't good. And I'm actually going to be talking about the Padres rotation and how it stacks up with the rest of the National League West tomorrow. And I'm going to be very bullish on the rotation. But let me tell you, this affects things. And it's scary. And the only other thing we have to see is whether or not it keeps him out for a while. And the second thing is classic Padres luck with pitcher injuries. I just mentioned Mornihon. Mike Clevenger is on the IL right now. Uh, Denelson Lamette is basically a reliever now because of his injury stuff. Really rough for the Padres. So hopefully it's not too bad. But the big thing that obviously a lot of people are wondering is, will Mackenzie Gore be called up? I imagine that's what everybody's thinking here. And I tweeted out. 
nobody panic when he got sent down to AAA. He's probably going to be up sooner than we expect. And that might hold true from what his start I saw the other day. He went five innings in AAA, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. A great first outing for Mackenzie Gore. Let me just make sure that it was only uh, those five innings because that was just an update that I had seen. Um, uh, yeah, that was it, five innings. So it's possible that he goes there. Ryan Weathers, I think he still has some work. He actually didn't have a great spring outing, so it's possible that they might bring up Mackenzie Gore, depending on how serious this injury is. Nick Martinez is expected to get a start, but would I like it? Yes, because unlike the Abrams and Campizano, who I've been a little bit hesitant on, and we're going to talk about Abrams in a little bit, been a little bit hesitant on whether or not they should call them up immediately, just because I think Gore, It's you got to see what you got at some point. That's my vibe, and I think the Padres could use it. But C.J. Abrams at 21 years old, I was like, I don't know, man. Again, we'll get to him in a second. But I also want to answer the second part of Anthony's question, bringing up the first baseman who must not be named and was almost named. Again, if you guys think that counts, feel free to roast me because I, I really slipped up. When I read off something, I sometimes get it a little bit wrong. But in serious he said the pitching was superb. Um, it's got me so excited. And, of course, how awesome was the first baseman. Here's the thing with the first baseman. That should be brought up. He started off similarly awesome last year. Uh, I had the numbers actually in front of me a second ago. Let me see if I can find his batting splits. Last year, he started off awesome uh, for the Padres. That is the first baseman. He batted 320 with a 384 on base and a slugging of 460, which was especially impressive. Then, of course, things went downhill. He was not carrying the ball. And even at the beginning of the year, he was not carrying the ball. A lot of balls that were just sneaking through. Big games against the Dodgers. I loved it. But don't get your hopes up. That being said, here's what I will say. It does deserve to be mentioned, and this was kind of a take that was throughout the offseason, how I felt about this, right? And that is the Padres' first baseman, they should not trade him because of how much it will cost to get rid of him. You know how exciting it was seeing C.J. Abrams? You know how exciting it is having maybe Mackenzie Gore? Guess what? That's probably what you have to give up in order to get rid of him. So I was like, you know what? Forget this, guys. Let's just hope he can become an average player. And after all, Padres first baseman, he's never had two consecutive years in a row. But usually after the bad year, he actually has a bounce back. Padres, his career with the Padres, about a half war over four seasons. That hasn't been the case, but maybe you can hope for it, right? If the Padres first baseman, the ground ball gremlin, as we all know him, is able to just give like a 1.8 war or two war, I can live with that if it means hanging on to our golden items in the farm system. Robert Hassel, another one, he hit a home run uh, the other day uh, in the minor league game. So that was great. Absolute moonshot from him. Do you want to give up those guys? No, I say no, man. Myers struggled this weekend, as everybody has seen. He's striking out a lot. He looks pretty bad uh, to start the season. Don't you want to know that you have a really exciting prospect outfielder coming in the future? I do. So hopefully he can be okay. If he could bat like 260 with 340 on base and have okay power, I, I mean, there's there's worse things. He's still he's definitely not going to be worth the contract. I'm very confident saying that. But, you know, decent start. And in fairness, not too many ground balls. He did have the big RBI uh, in Saturday's game, if I'm not mistaken. But again, guys, this is what I'm saying. Be careful with the ground ball stuff. Just because it leads to a hit doesn't mean all the time that that was necessarily a well-hit ball. It was a hot shot. That the second baseman happened to not be able to snag, but it was hit hard enough that he deserves credit for that. I've always said, Pirates first baseman, he's hits the ball hard. Like, very hard compared to a lot of other players in Major League Baseball. That's never been an issue for him. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just all the other stuff, right? He doesn't choose the best spots. He whiffs in weird ways. Strikeout rate doesn't get ahead in, ahead in accounts. There's a whole bunch of reasons why his war was a grand total of zero last year. So keep that in mind, guys. Anthony, keep it in mind. But I would love nothing more than, honestly, everybody to hop on this podcast and leave me comments roasting me to oblivion saying, you were killing this guy. You made it that you can't even talk about the team or say his name on the podcast. And, yeah, I think it would be pretty funny, to be honest with you. But keep in mind, he started off really well last year. So this could just be that yet again. But we'll have to see. Aside from that hot shot to second base, he was lifting the ball a little bit. That was nice to see. But, again, we've seen this song before. I'd be a little bit surprised if it changes now. But before we finish up the podcast, guys, I need to talk to you about something that is a guarantee, right? A guarantee of enjoyment and guarantee of joy, I should say. And those are the Built Bars, ladies and gentlemen. They are the best protein bars on the market. And a big reason for that is because they are very healthy for you, right? They're, they're protein bars. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And if you compare that to a candy bar, say a payday bar or anything like that, something along those lines, those usually have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So you're saving. You're, you're, you're cutting down a little bit on your intake there. All right? You're doing all right. You're doing all right. And what I love the best about them is a great variety of flavors, man. White chocolate cookies and cream, cherry barcia, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, literally anything you want, guys. Go check out the site. They're kind of like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars. I've said that a lot of times, and I will continue to say the damn thing. All right, guys, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Go check it out. Of course, guys, again, last time I'll say it, but thank you for making Lockdown Pirates your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Ooh, man. Last thing I want to talk about. Just some extra little things about how I think that this series, there's two things from this series that I think should be, actually three. One is Blake Snell getting scratched from his start right before the game. And what the heck, man, please Please, please get better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I cannot deal with that. And again, we're going to have to see how this develops over the, the, the coming days. I imagine by the time you guys listen to this pod, we might get an announcement about who's going to be the replacement. And it's looking like it could be Mackenzie Gore. I even saw him trending on Twitter. Granted, it was the For You page for Twitter, meaning like it was like 5,000 tweets. But you get what I'm saying. So uh, that could be exciting, but not necessarily uh, want Mackenzie Gore to debut like that. But we'll see. One of the things I want to talk about was C.J. Abrams, who debuted this past weekend. He got his first hit, and he made a really great play in his first game. Although he didn't get a hit, he made a really great play at short with fielding a ground ball, nailing the runner. It was awesome to see, and that's the thing that you get to be excited about with C.J. Abrams. He also um, brings with him plus defender ability over at shortstop. And I know that a big question for a while is going to be whether or not C.J. Abrams is the shortstop of the future or maybe the second baseman. We'll have to see. I don't know. Because in theory, Jake Cronenworth would move to first if they didn't have the ground ball gremlin. And then C.J. Abrams could play second. And then Tatis could play short or vice versa. You know, something like that. But most likely, Tatis is the face of the franchise. He's going to want to play short. And you can't really deny him that. I mean, he's, he's, he's Tatis. I mean, what do you want me to say? But for the time being... I have to admit, I was a little reluctant when I heard that he was called up and made the opening day roster. Certainly, it's exciting, and certainly, 
it's easy for content purposes, right? It's certainly easy for that. But I was like, look, he's 21 years old, hasn't played a lot above double A ball, and it makes me nervous. I don't want to ruin a guy. We saw what happened with Luis Campizano when he came up. He struggled a lot, and he was playing against really good major league arms. But the way he was batting, made decent contact, love to see that. He was seeing a good amount of pitches. He didn't look like he was forcing it, just not quite getting there. And that's okay. He's 21 years old. And a big comp that a lot of people have heard is Trey Turner, right? He's got the speed and a decent amount of pop that can grow over time. Um, Trey Turner, not necessarily like a super home run threat for a good majority of his career, at least at the beginning. Now he's a guy who can maybe get you like 25, 27 bombs a year, which is great. Don't get me wrong. And with the plus defense, this is why he's untradeable, guys, right? The biggest reason he's untradeable is... I mean, he debuted at 21, guys. That's kind of, I don't, I don't, like, I try to give you guys a lot of analysis on this podcast, but that's kind of all I have to say about what his prospects are. He's 21, and he's already made the opening day roster, regardless of what happens, right? And I think it's really exciting, and you should be excited, because I think this guy's a stud. Go back and listen to my podcast that I did with Locked On MLB Prospects host, Lindsey Crosby, where he dove deeper into it and what could happen. Everybody's through the roof on the hype for him. Hey, you want a big brain take? You know the reason why Will Byers was traded? Why they traded Trey Turner for him back in the day? That's because they knew that they were going to draft C.A.J. Abrams, who would become Trey Turner anyway, ladies and gentlemen. 4,000 IQ play by the San Diego Padres. I, I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. Brilliant play. I mean, that's why they did it. It's, it's clear. I mean, this, that's obviously why they made the trade. They're like, how about we just get Trey Turner and Myers, who at the time was coming off of some good counting stats and whatnot. Why not? It's, it's brilliant by the Padres. That trade officially confirmed great. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, uh, really exciting from CJ Abrams. I'm going to be very curious to see how Bob Melvin manages this lineup, who plays what day. Jerickson Profart could play in left field because, you know, it's Matt Beatty out in left field. They kind of have a little bit of a committee going out there in left field right now. Who's going to play short? Will it be Kim? will be um, C.J. Abrams. I kind of like the idea of making it a little bit of a mix so far. I think it's interesting because Hassan Kim and C.J. Abrams, at the minimum, could provide you plus defense. We've seen that Kim can provide you really good defense. Abrams is probably going to give you plus plus defense too, but at least we know that with Kim that you're guaranteed with that, and I still have some hopes with him as a batter. Like I said, he hit a triple the other day and was able to see a good amount of pitches, so I'm hoping he can be better. Again, I'm going to be talking about him more, about how I think he might be one of the Padres' secretly biggest X-Factors, but I kind of like the committee of Abrams and Hassan Kim at short. I think that's really fun because at the minimum, you know you're getting great defense there every day, and then we'll see what happens with the bat. They're both bats that hopefully are going to improve over time, so I love that. And the last thing I want to say uh, for the show, we're going to have Nick Martinez pitching, I believe, against the Giants. That's expected. A guy who... I may or may not have upset a family member because the guy's name was Daniel Martinez, who commented on the video when I was admittedly a little mean about the Nick Martinez signing because he did not succeed when he was with the uh, with the Texas Rangers last time he was in MLB. And as we saw with Robert Suarez, who was looking great in Japan and hadn't give up a home run in 65 innings, he gave up one just the other day. You know what I'm saying? And his first outing, he obviously walked three batters uh, with one of them being a hit by pitch. So we'll have to see. Maybe he got better. Uh, and I'm very curious to see because the Giants are a tough team to play against. That's a smart team and a team that's going to make you work and see a whole lot of pitches. So I'm very curious to see that. But my final conclusion of the series, if there is anyone to have, is it's possible that we look back and say this could be a microcosm of the Padres season 
where it could be great pitching and hopefully some guys to step up on offense. But the Slam Diego Padres, not something you should be expecting. I think that this is a team that hopefully can get good on base percentage guys with maybe a void, with Manny Machado, obviously. Jake Cronenworth, right? Hopefully Trent Grisham can bounce back. Guys like that. And then you'll have awesome pitching, right? We're going to see what happens with the Blake Snell injury. But so far... Darvish looks pretty good. Uh, not my favorite. I actually think he was the third best performance of the three. Then Sean Manaya and Joe Musgrove. I love it. I love it. And then hopefully Nick Martinez can do something. And hopefully Snell and Cleveridge can contribute as well. And if not, the Ryan Weathers, Mackenzie Gore thing, maybe they could do something. But remember, there's no more Chris Paddock. And this is why you have to be careful with trading pitchers sometimes. Because I know Paddock wasn't an all-star or anything. I'm really curious to see how he does. I don't think he pitched. He didn't pitch, did he? He did have a funny comment where he was like, I love the Minnesota Twins uniform. I felt like I was like a UPS worker uh, with the Padres, which I thought was really funny. Uh, let me just check really quickly that he didn't pitch because that'd be weird if I just forgot if he pitched the Mariners game. Let's see. Chris Paddock. No, he still has. It was Bailey over for the Twins. So I'm going to be curious. I might even talk about that on this podcast, but it's the lesson to be had is you can never have too much pitching because injuries like this happen. Again, we'll see what happens by the time uh, Tuesday rolls around. I think, I think, uh, exciting weekend, guys. Things to look forward to. Things to look forward to for, to for sure. And especially when it wasn't really the star players you expect from the Padres lineup making contributions. That's very nice. And now we play the rival. The rival that is doesn't have the same hatred as the other rival that I won't even name on today's show because that's how much I hate them. But going to be a fun series. Very fun series. And man, do they have some good pitching. So going to be fun guys but a 3-1 series win is great even if against a bad team especially with how this all started out guys before we conclude today's show let me just tell you to go check out the locked on mlb podcast hosted by paul francis sullivan but please calm sully he takes you unique perspective on the major leagues both past and present he's great he's awesome be sure to go check that out uh very fun podcast that i hopefully will be able to make an appearance on sometime soon Shun. And uh, for tomorrow's episode, guys, I actually was going to record these uh, back-to-back, but I'm going to wait a little bit. Tomorrow's episode, Tuesday, going to be doing a breakdown of the Padres' rotation compared to the rest of the National League West. How do I feel about them compared to the Giants, Dodgers, D-backs, and Rockies? You'll have to see how I feel comparing and contrasting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to do that. And maybe talk a little bit of bullpen as well. Uh, Just an all-pitching breakdown. And then Wednesday, we'll be recapping some games, recapping a couple games against the Giants, seeing how Nick Martinez did, all these sort of things. It's going to be fun. And also, as a fun bonus episode to expect, uh, to be coming in the near future. Going to be talking with my buddy Clay Snowden of the formerly of Lockdown Reds. He was kind of like an assistant over at Lockdown Reds. He's also a friend of mine over at Just Baseball. We're going to be talking about the top 10 baseball movies, which an article I recently wrote about for Just Baseball. It is not up yet, but it will be up soon. So at some point in the future, just look forward to that as a nice little breakup, maybe on the Saturday or something like that, or maybe on a Friday if I don't, if my schedule uh, gets a little bit crazy and whatnot, guys. But still, that's all the stuff you have to look forward to. It's good, man. It's so great to have baseball back. It's super exciting, and I can't wait to talk about more games. But with that all being said, guys, that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and send me your questions, just like Anthony Burris, friend of the show, did, and I will absolutely answer them. And 
at LO underscore Padres as well, and subscribe to the YouTube. We are almost at 300 subs. Going to try and get to that number by the end of the week. Can we do that? I think we can do that. I think we can do it by the time this episode comes out, for being honest. For being honest. For being honest. For being honest. Until next time, guys, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.